Okay, so look, guys, the um, I the thing I really hate is the pronunciation. You know the pronunciation thing where it's like, and then it has all the little symbols. I'm like, yeah. I don't under, like... No, I'm, I never learned I, I that. Hate, yeah, I really hate it because I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I just look at it, I'm like, you've not helped me in any way. It's great to be from England where you don't learn any other languages and then you just pronounce everything maybe, as if it's some form maybe, of exotic biscuit. Maybe <laughs> YouTube's probably got a pronunciation video, although you can't tell which ones are real. I think it's, pri- I think it's Pryak. It's certainly not, yeah. it's certainly not Proudjack. Proudjack sounds like an English folk tale. I mean, if it's any someone who comes and steals dogs and babies, if it's any compensation, I don't think his lawyers will like be writing to you anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just I saw I saw the picture before I saw the news. It's like why is everyone showing this picture? This guy doing a shot. (laughs) 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 All right, I guess I guess he's a party war criminal. He's he's a party dude. He's rude, crude, and full of tea. Ah, I mean, are we talking about that first? What's uh, happening? I think that's. The, I mean, I have an idea. Why don't uh, we go around the table and say who we are and what we're here to do? Uh, own the libs, of course. Um, <laughs> and then let's charge into that guy's name, who I can't pronounce, but who did like the last Jaeger bomb. <laughs> 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 the, the the mortal Jaeger bomb. Mm. Uh, this is <laughs> this is uh, Trash Future, the podcast about how the future, unless we get fully automated luxury space communism, is trash. Uh, I am uh, Riley on Twitter at Raleigh. Um, I'm Abby Wilkinson. Abby Wilkes, I'm here to clear my name and definitively prove that I'm not a Stalinist. <laughs> That's right. We're going to be libeling Stalin the entire way through. I mean, Trash Future is a really great place to like redeem yourself, which is why we've, you know, which is why we've had uh, Robert Mugabe on the show. <laughs> yeah. I find it weird that our Such guests keep guy. drinking poison. <laughs> my name's uh, Hussein Kizvani. You can follow me at H Kizvani, um, and I'm sorry for any tweet that I do just generally. <laughs> uh, I'm Alex Keeley. You can follow me at Alex Keeley. Uh, K-E-A-L-Y. And yes. <laughs> and uh, and my name is Milo Edwards uh, at Milo underscore Edwards on Twitter. I am currently in what I think may be the worst town in Russia. Uh, I think it's a contender, guys. Well, as far as we're concerned, you're no longer Milo in a bowl. You're now Milo in an oversized coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So, I don't know if that's like uh, uh, moving up in the world or moving down in the well, world. Well, no, it's like a tiny home. I mean, it's like you've you've become more efficient. I mean, when he when he comes back to the UK, we can just get one of those giant Sports Direct mugs and yeah. force him to just speak into that. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll sit inside it like a small hamster, hmm. <laughs> just just throwing out throwing out hot takes. Yeah, it's like it's like gerbling, but instead with a podcast. <laughs> 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 oh God. Oh. So. As we were talking about before, uh, you were you were you were saying, Alex, that there is uh, something going on in uh, the ICTY. Um, the uh, we're just talking. Well, 
Um, it's just been like a crazy week, and the, the um, that this should be like the biggest news story, the uh-huh. most mad news. But it wasn't even the biggest of the day. But <laughs> <laughs> like someone being convicted of uh, war crimes and then um, killing themselves in the dock with a vial of poison. And some of the quotes are like, <laughs> it's just really one of the quotes literally reads like a, like a kind of um, internet hippo tweet or something. Like it's like what it just says. Uh, he said, uh, Slobodan Prayak is not a war criminal. I'm rejecting the court ruling before raising a small container to his lips. Like the very sort of um, defiant <coughs> statement of innocence <laughs> with the most um, incriminating possible this, reaction. Say, what this really strikes me as is the international war criminal version of you can't fire me, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> he was I actually millennial. The Serbian war criminals are the ultimate sad teams. <laughs> they, they just want to die. There's no like... It's not worth it. Like, the, the Hague don't understand them. Um, <laughs> Slobodan Pralyak. They're, just, they're all just, like, listening to My Chemical Romance in their cells. Um. Uh, you could say, you could call it uh, panic in the courtroom. <laughs> I chime in with a haven't you people ever heard of dropping the goddamn charge. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm regular. Um, <laughs> fine, I'm glad fine that we've, we've gotten into I also music. Like, how does now. how do uh, they allow him like a glass of poison in the dock? Like, right, like do they like that's like a weird thing to like order? Like, oh yeah, what my one of my conditions is I require a glass of poison, and they're like, oh yeah, we can't see that going wrong. Mate, celebrities' uh, writers are just getting so much more elaborate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like when Van Halen used to insist on there being 400 when shots of poison in their in their dressing room um, in order to make sure that the play people were organised. Okay, sorry. <laughs> if mean, you don't know I mean, about Van like Halen and the brown M&Ms, that's like a really irrelevant joke. Um, it's, it's not too dissimilar to um, our, our friend of the show, Drake, mm-hmm. um, sneaking in uh, booze into the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors? Yeah, the Toronto yeah, Raptors. Yeah, yeah. It was Famous a good game today. Team. And he became oh, a guest again. Yeah. So Drake and what's Slobodan Prayak? Yeah, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. have you ever seen them in the same place at the same time? <laughs> Good question. Do we know? Do we know Drake's movements in the? Uh, in the some grainy photos <laughs> from the London massacre. Can we um, I would really like to see Drake commit ritual suicide at a hockey game by drinking poison. That would be like. <laughs> That would be the highlight of 2017. I can't wait to edit the um, show and find out what Milo said. <laughs> I, 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 I always listen to the show and I'm always just like, oh, Milo did a really good joke that I didn't hear when we were recording. <laughs> um, so actually, like, it's new to me as well as, you know, um, him, probably. It, like, the only global events that speak to me now politically are ones that are, like, inherently surrealist. Like a sort of like Drake committing suicide at a sports event and screaming like anime is misunderstood would be for me. I feel like the statement, the statement of the year. His um, I guess his yeah, his suicide is a bit like it's like um an improv sketch that that no one knew quite how to end, so that they just one of them was like uh poison and then scene and then. An incredibly uh, normal yeah. way to die. <laughs> Just one more shot of poison, sir. It's only wafer thin. <laughs> I mean, it is incredibly. It is, it is incredibly emo, and I can imagine that, like, in the trash in the trash future that we're moving towards, when we all go live in uh, WeWorks, hidden mm. for later in the show, um, <laughs> that yeah. he will become like this cult figure, and you'll have like 
kids like wearing irony posters, but irony t-shirts with his face on it. So <laughs> um, the only way the only way it could have been better if is if he'd have gone the way of like uh, ancient ancient king of Bithynia, Mithridates, and had been taking small amounts of poison for years in order to be immune to it because he was afraid of being poisoned. And then when he eventually tries to poison himself at his trial, uh, he do- he doesn't die because he's immune to poison. Um, which is uh, a real a real thing that happened with uh <laughs> that's extraordinarily elaborate is, isn't that from the princess bride <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh, basically like so- it's all my degree allows me to do is like make references <laughs> like that that no one actually enjoys but you know it enables uh, me to say nine thousand pounds a year well spent <laughs> uh since we have so much content we're quick firing our uh our news brief uh abby i think you've got You've got uh, something uh, coming in hot off the press. Um, da- da- Damien Green's extensive workplace porn collection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's a funny one because I, I, I do actually, I, I, don't, I don't think the police should be leaking this shit, but I, I also don't think MPs should be watching extends. It's not because it's not even like, it's not even like a bit of porn. It's not like Damien Green was caught watching porn once. It's like Damien Green has like a allegedly a, a large library of porn at work it was like mm-hmm. extensive amounts of porn like, i'd like to just like chime in here and leather say bound porn like art. volumes and volumes <laughs> <laughs> and we should let him watch it if, right. if he needs to <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, he, he, actually, he doesn't just have the hentai. He has like the original manga stills. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's, um, <laughs> he like leaves through them wearing like white gloves. <laughs> it's like, it's like D- David Davis being like, "This is a hill I'm going to die off." You know, if we are not allowed to work at, at Wanker work anymore, what kind of Britain is this? Sort of I mean, like, fucking like, because the thing is, like, they don't. They've not checked every. You know, they checked his. PC, he had extensive libraries of porn. We have no way of knowing that they don't all have extensive libraries. I wonder if, like, if he archived them. Yeah, like, does and he? How, yeah, was he downloading porn? I don't. I don't. I, I guess, like, when you look at stuff on the internet, does yeah. it save the picture? I don't really know. I guess. No. I, 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 I fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he if, if he's downloaded them, like, has he saved them? Right. I mean, now I, I, yeah. I'm on white. I'd love to. Say, <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like he downloaded like torrent packets, which is like another question. Which Amazing. is like how many M- how many MPs are like using BitTorrent in Parliament? I really I really want to know what porn he was watching. Like the search the search history is what I really want access to. Like the like uh, uh, millennial uh, sucks dick for the first time to save up for a house deposit. <laughs> like there's a, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a rumor that was going around a long time that I can't mention because it's libelous. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll mention it off air. Is Milo's argument that given that the police have acted unethically in leaking this data, they should have at least been more extensive and precise. She did do nature. it. <laughs> to be honest, I think really what should have happened is the police should have sat down Damien Green and then said, you're going to have to work really hard to get off of this charge. He says, I'll do anything, officers. Anything. <laughs> and, then, and then there'll be a taxi waiting outside. <laughs> the thing that's getting lost as well is he did like, he's, his original accusations is that he like sort of molested someone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, which just makes kind of David Davis's principled st- Pro wanking at work stands <laughs> even more. But you do realize that, like, millennial sucks dick to er, get a property is a real genre of pornography. 
I'm learning so much about porn because I'm there's this, there's this guy on the internet Pete North who is um really really oh, friend Pete North. He's, well, he's he, 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 basically he 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 regularly just calls me absurdly sexy. I think the most the most recent one was um stupid. Were you sexy or sexist? sexist. He, right. he called me. Uh-huh. I mean he did he did emoji wink at me recently. Oh, but, right. But, <laughs> right, right. but he's no he Ooh. called me a stupid commie bin and every time. He, that happens. A load of people tell me about another Pete North who is apparently um, known for his um, what's ejaculate volume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Peter North has featured on Trash Future. Uh, we have, oh, really? uh, we have yeah. talked a lot about Peter North because yeah. well, you had that like yeah, argument. So I, so I had beef with Peter North. Um, was it last month? It, was, it yeah, must have been last month. I'm tired. I think a yeah, lot of people tired. have had beef with Peter North, to be fair. Um, <laughs> well, the problem is he, Peter North blocked me after I said, when I log on to YouPorn and search Peter North, I expect a massive cum stain, and Twitter <laughs> hasn't disappointed. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he blocked me now. <laughs> he, wait, he, wait, he just keeps on calling me like a bimbo, or just like kind of retro 70s sexist Bim- terms. Bimbo is a type of kink online. Yeah, it, it, again. Oh, I know that as well from Buzz feed yeah uh, also uh, i love the idea that like, when i say it, the idea of, of calling someone absurdly sexy like a sort of a, cl- a clown in a thong <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely sex no it was not i mean uh-huh. I, I you do wonder what yeah was, come on abby you're anti-men right <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> welcome to trash future a white genocide <laughs> podcast about how men are trash <laughs> Sponsored by the Daily I think Storm. I think the real the real horseshoe theory is actually like uh, right wing online people also being like m- like uh, racehorse coming porn stars. <laughs> like that is that, that is that is the future liberals want. Um, um, I think uh, in the in the in the spirit of qu- of quick fire first segment, uh, I'm going to uh, switch over to my my news item, mm. uh, which is uh, Twitter. Um, good normal website. Twitter, a regular normal website mm. that is good, actually. Who, after Donald Trump tweeted uh, out a video of like two Dutch guys fighting, but then said it was like ISIS coming and pushing people off the, their bikes right. in the Netherlands. Um, build the dike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, these these uh, ISIS attacks just get more and more sophisticated. <laughs> Then uh, Twitter said um, that uh, these videos uh, as to why like people demanded they got taken down, I think quite reasonably because, you know, the president of the United States is basically, you know, inciting racial hatred uh-huh. more than usual, um, <laughs> more, 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 more sort of overtly. Um, uh, and so um, <laughs> uh, Twitter said these videos are not being kept up because they are newsworthy or for the public interest. Rather, these videos are permitted on Twitter based on our current media policy. <laughs> Normal website. <laughs> Very regular. Well, when, the, when the founding fathers of Twitter wrote the Twitter media policy, they, of course, uh, never fully expected, uh, you know, the advances in technology with Nazi videos. Um, you know, so it when they said everyone guys, can post a Nazi video, time. they were thinking more of a kind of musket style... Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they, Twitter was invented in 2008 when everyone had muskets. No one was a, no one no one was a Nazi in 2008, and everyone just listened to Black Eyed Peas. Uh, the idea was to create a sort of a, a, a citizen Nazi militia rather than you know just huge quantities of privately yeah. owned Nazi. Uh, like remember uh, when we all thought that like America like was gonna be like a Christian conservative country that was gonna <laughs> like ban comedy. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I enjoy Piers Morgan doing the sort of, sir, sir, I can't, this is too far. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe the president is retweeting Nazis. Like, how can you not believe the president is retweeting Nazis? Like, how can you not believe the president who has retweeted Nazis in the past is going to continue know, retweeting Nazis? And then, if, sir, British Nazis? Sir, I can't believe you're retweeting like, British Nazis. Every tw- sir, 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 have you no decency? So, so I, I, I think that like Piers Morgan's relationship with Donald Trump is a lot like the 500 days of summer thing. <laughs> where he, um, where he, like, he genuinely believes that I don't even, I actually have you know what I've only ever seen 500 days of summer once so actually the plot's completely wrong but <laughs> the point was the point was that I think that Piers Morgan genuinely thinks that Donald Trump can change and he's the one who can do it um, uh, so I mean we all know how this is all going to end up for Piers which is somehow in his pants in a railway station um well, until if, that, anyone, until if anyone can get into Donald Trump's phone seen and delete his tweets, it would be his summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I saw the unabridged version. Is that the one Damien Green sent you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've, I actually watched 420 Days of Summer. Um, a way nicer film. No, we actually, what I think is hilarious, uh, before I continue with this Twitter Nazi thing, like there's a Twitter Nazi thing every week, um, but uh, we when we were deciding what time to record today, uh, uh, in our group DM, uh, Hussein said, lol, let's record at 420 as a joke. But then, because no one had any other better ideas, we all just agreed to it. And then we started recording at like five. That's a 420 way. Yeah, but that's, I assume that's 420 plus 69. We could have at least started recording 69 minutes Very later fast, right, for the sake of it. But I don't know if you do that. I work in the city. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, Jack Dorsey, the regular founder of Twitter, a normal website, uh, said, we mistakenly pointed to the wrong reason. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, good 280. I'm so glad we have 280 now that um, concision is no longer important. We mistakenly pointed to the wrong reason we didn't take action on the videos. Okay, triple negative here. Um, from earlier this week. We're still looking critically at our current policies um, and appreciate all the feedback. See our safety calendar for our plans and ship dates. Ship de- is, is a safety calendar like Essex Police's advent calendar uh, of black people? I, I hate police trying to be funny uh, yeah. on the internet. Yeah, it never works. It no, never plays no, for it's them. Cre- it's like creepy police sh- sh- oh, like shit. Sort of like terrifying, horrible kind of but it's one. Th- it's one thing like innocent smoothies pretending to be your friend. It's another thing like Essex police. Innocent smoothies well, are remember, actually cops. Um, on Thanksgiving, <laughs> um, the police would like pull people over for expired tags, but then just give them turkeys instead. I saw. I saw. Oh my that god! That was so like, ghoulish. We have power, but That's... we're not going to use it this nah. time. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the one where like the police What's like, like stopped like a black woman in the car, like messed around it for a bit and was like, "Here, have an ice cream." Yeah. What do they? How do they think they're perceived? No, that's like that's literal gaslighting. Yeah, so the, so yeah. The, the, uh, and then the, this was like classic, years ago before the classic like gaslighting ice was cream like term we used and was in Teen Vogue. So. <laughs> so the turkey thing that you just said. Can we rewind to what? So so what? So they pulled people over and then they pretend they. But then they were like, "We're going to give you a ticket, but here's a turkey." It was something. Like, presumably, like quite a lot of the people accepted a turkey they actually didn't want because they didn't want to offend a police the officer. Police. It's like, have a turkey. Or, so I now have a turkey in my yeah, backseat that I don't the, want. The thing you also have to remember is like they're going around sort of like largely black neighborhoods where a lot of people probably like have been targeted yeah. by the police in the past and have traumatic experiences being yeah. targeted it's by the like police. Black mothers have to give their 11 year old sons talks about how to be non-confrontational to the police so they don't get shot dead. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so surprised that one of these turkey handouts didn't end up in a bloodbath. I mean, <laughs> well, that might have just like you know been 
cut out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> In an archive somewhere. <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird gift as well, like a turkey of all things. It's like that's not I mean, depending on where you're on your way to, that's not gonna keep there's a lot of storage issues. I mean, they could get sued for like salmonella or some shit, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> it's a risky move. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the, the Essex police like advent calendar of, uh, of black people they want to arrest is sort of, <laughs> it's like an escalation of the, all those signs that are in shops everywhere that say, smile, you're on CCTV, like the like weird passive aggressive Orwellian police state, um, where yeah. it's like, we're watching you, you cunts. <laughs> like it's so, it's so odd. It's just, why can't it just say like CCTV if they, if they need you to know, like it has to be like, no smile, um, yeah. Yeah. Especially you, women. Oi, <laughs> <Or> love. <laughs> Give his, us a smile for the camera. On a somewhat related topic, uh, did you see McCain's daughter having a go at um, uh, Ashley, the, I think she's a um, Gorka or whatever. It was Ashley now. Feinberg. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, oh, yeah. obviously, she did a tweet that was a little bit glib about the fact McCain's dying. Um, yeah. yeah. And has also pushed through a bill that both um, cuts healthcare and also cuts um, inheritance taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, Owning the libs. Yeah. I'm just being sort of like apologised to my mother. It's just fucking like, you know, be grateful we are killing your families. Yeah, it's the um, it's the exterminism essentially, right? Like yeah. it's the, it's the we're um, it's the it's it's the sort of obsession with sort of the aesthetics of politics. I I I, re- I mean I I wrote a, th- a thing um that was rude so about McCain. So I wrote a thing. I, I, so I wrote, but I, 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 a few months ago, a load of um British centrists got really mad at me because I said that maybe people who are scared McCain's going to kill them, it's okay for them to be rude online and maybe they're just trying to like you know raise it, raise attention to it. and um and people got really mad at me. You hurt their feelings. I was I went I went I went against the civility norm um and I suggested that um Jess Phillips unfollowed me on Twitter because of it that's one of the things that happens wow. but particularly i don't fake, know if it's because of that Abby, but it's the same time on fake friends particularly <laughs> with the, um, oh god now she's gonna i hope she doesn't someone's gonna tell her i said that jess Phil, don't worry no one trash you this. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know if that's what it was but people were, were really mad at it. but it's just it's just crazy to me it's like you know it's just like just be polite while we're killing you like <laughs> particularly mm. with mccain because it's so explicitly like hypocritical with him because he's so big on supposedly like norms of senate procedure etc yeah. he loves norms being like mm. so aggressively ramped like it's like impossible for all the people voting on it to have like yeah. even read it properly I, I hate this idea of like the good conservative it's like mm. Anna Subri. it's mm. like they say a few nice things and they vote the same way yeah, as yeah. all of the other ones mm. well it's like yeah it's the there's i i have some serious concerns about <laughs> our new policy <laughs> i have some serious concerns about our new policy of feeding all of the nation's school children through a wood chipper right but right. i'm going to vote for it because it's the right thing to do yeah. and it's sensible. We promised that we would vote for something like this in the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Look, the people uh, voted to feed all the nation's children through a wood chipper. <laughs> it's my responsibility to deliver the wood chipper. How else will we yeah. grow sorghum? Ma- <laughs> Ma- McCain is like, I always had my reservations about Barabbas, but you know, <laughs> as a conservative... <laughs> <laughs> I love those Jesus jokes. So yeah, I, before we move off of the Twitter Nazi uh, thing, this is, this is Trash Future, the biblical podcast. Um, please open your Bibles at page 104. I do want to fo- try to figure out what is a safety calendar and what is a ship date for just deleting some Nazi tweets. 
I, I, mean, I don't know what a safety calendar. What is a safety calendar? I mean, maybe it's like an orange calendar that like has like a little flashing light yeah. on it. I think it's, no, it's no, like it's a calendar some... which has had all of the like uh, the sharp corners sanded off so that you don't like uh, <laughs> hurt, hurt your like really like, really so... soft lib hands uh, <laughs> turning it over while while reading the Nazi tweets that you're allowing people to post. I mean, what they currently do is they they currently suspend your account if you tell a Nazi to eat your farts. <laughs> 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 um, or if you call uh, a dad mad, red, and nude online. Uh, yeah. um, or if you happen to be a black activist. Yeah, yeah they, 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 like love, they hate that. Yeah, I think so. Whenever like a black activist tweets, I think like at Twitter HQ, the orange light flashes. <laughs> uh, I, I think John, I think John Green from an Australian news program reported me recently because I um, spammed his mentions with retirement community literature. <laughs> that was funny. It's like, I, I don't know. Like I feel you've, you've, you've got like, I have like blue tick privilege here, which is basically like, I can have an argument with someone and like I can call them dickhead and they call me a dickhead back and i could get no them. so so because so ever since i had a blue tick my life on twitter has been like way worse <laughs> lifestyles um, of the blue tick and yeah, famous <laughs> um yeah. please feel pity on me donate to my patreon um i need to feed my children um uh. The important thing is to never is to never squeeze the body of the blue tick. Just rub Vaseline on it and wait for it to fall <laughs> in, off on in its the, own. In the spirit of, of sort of semi-rapid fire first segment, Hussein, what do you got? Right, so I'm going to be very quick with this um, because it's not really a news story, but it's more just like what happens when um, you don't have friends uh, who invite you to parties. <laughs> not that I'm it's kind of you, be, you become a host people, on this podcast. But I am. Yeah. Um, fake friends, fake specifically. Friends, fake friends. Um so I ended up getting into a fight last night. Not even a fight. I just, I tweeted something <laughs> stupid about... Really? Um, you? That's rare. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a blue tick that tweets dumb shit. Wow. Where's my, where's my job at Unheard? Um, <laughs> uh, Roll credits. So, <laughs> so, Evangelion uh, is a Christmas movie, so... <laughs> Um, so I, uh, uh, young momentum are doing like a Christmas party or something. I went last night. Did you go? Was it last night? Okay. So they used, um, another party, but I wasn't invited to you bastards. Um, (laughs) so they use like an image from the spectator and a bunch of like centrist dads got really mad because they were like, Oh, do you know, do you know nothing about copyright law? (laughs) Um, so I quote tweeted one of them and I was just like, you can't, copyright manga because all of it is owned by Hidakiano. Hidakiano being the creator of Evangelion and also the majority shareholder of the Spectator Evening Standard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the British press is divided between like Dacker, Murdoch and then Anno. So Evgeny Evgeny Lebedev is actually just like an elaborate ruse. So the centrist dad was like, uh, no, the independent isn't owned by the spectator isn't owned by um hidaki ano and i was like yes i think you'll find he has and he's got all the rights to all the manga that's in, that's in the magazine so it became this really weird thing where i had to like convince him that like actually the cartoons in the spectator are indeed manga uh-huh. um which they are as we all know yeah. which they are and if fraser nelson says anything to the contrary then he's wrong uh-huh um and a liar, james Dellingpole was dragon ball z all along <laughs> you're more than 
you're welcome to come on Trash Future at any time to talk about this, Fraser. Um, <laughs> you'll say like, oh, that's actually a very smart move. Seems to be his catchphrase from his podcast. I actually think it's a very canny move. You know, you know what's <laughs> interesting is, it, is that actually... Uh, uh, Trash Future podcast is anime. It's just you yeah. can't see it; you can only hear it. <laughs> it's anime for your ears. Um, so then, so then, it sort of like developed. Damien Green is like, no, no, this isn't hentai. It's just this week's copy of the Spectator. <laughs> so then he was just like, he, uh, he was like, um, you know, I need to see where this law is to say that like all manga is like uh, exempt from copyright because one guy who was nine years old at the time this copyright was made. Um, uh, owns it, <laughs> and obviously Abby got involved, and she was just well, like, "What, what, did what you was your tweet?" I, I, said, I said it was in some um, the nineteen sixty nine something <laughs> section four four point twenty. <laughs> so then, so, so the funniest bit was that like a couple of hours later, he was just like, uh, "I looked up this legislation, and it's not there. So why are you lying, you dumbass? You're not even a real journalist or a writer. Um, I hope your journalism isn't like isn't like your tweets." Um, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and then Riley pointed out just before we recorded that in order to find that law, he would have had to go on LexisNexis, um, which is like the legal law Wikipedia. And in order to use that, you have to pay money. So this guy has paid money to look at a law that doesn't exist to prove <laughs> to prove that the creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion is not the owner of the Spectator and the Evening Standard. Bye. Buying an online legal subscription to own the libs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you can't own so, the libs. Hideaki Anno owns the libs. Can you listen? Fucking dumbass. Zane and I also had a, so had a I weird think, I Twitter argument with like I'll a chart with this week. Two, um, next episode. Nice. Excellent. We are. This is trash future coverage of this dumb inane Twitter spat <laughs> is ongoing. Twitter the is week, a bad and all website, but it is also actually good. <laughs> it is actually comma good. <laughs> um, uh, Milo, do you do yeah, you have you, anything is, for us to crane into the cup? Well, I I just I uh, so earlier in the week, Hussein and I also had an engagement with like a weird online chud uh, who like <laughs> tweeted at Hussein and was like, "Oh, try going through like a Muslim no go zone and not getting ass raped or something." <laughs> um, and then I I replied to he like replied to one of Hussein's tweets. Then I replied to his tweet just saying, "Yeah, whenever I go in the no go zones, I put a condom in my ass and lube up with bacon grease just in case." And he liked my tweet. And I was like, "Nah, you've he not was, he liked his you've tweet. not read that tweet with the correct like the death of the author, guys." Like, um, <laughs> I got I got dapper laughs. Take a take a knee, my lubricated ass. So I uh, in, I want to go through one more one more thing before we uh, go into the break and then transition into an actually uh, hopefully intelligent conversation about universal credit. <laughs> I'm gonna read some so- selections uh, from this article by Sean O'Grady, who's not mad. Uh, and is an independent editor. Um, it says it's a it's a it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Uh, it's from the 22nd of November after the budget and Sean O'Grady, oh, again, I repeat, is not mad, um, says... Incredibly, finds it incredibly funny that you're... Yeah, and actually yeah. loves the haters because they're giving him publicity. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I checked in with Sean O'Grady and he's he actually laughing, so... The, the, um. the title of the article is actually like him getting an anger aneurysm, Um this budget shouldn't have given millennials a thing. Why on earth should I subsidize their houses and rail cards? Yeah, I, I mean, I have a theory that O'Grady is a kind of 
secret accelerationist and he's <laughs> producing sort of propaganda to radicalize young people. <laughs> Sean, Sean O'Grady is a low-key posadist. <laughs> they had to, yeah, basically to give to give the new rail card discount to 25 to 30 year olds, they had to uh, they had to cut one of Damien Green's Brazzers accounts. Um, <laughs> pretty unfair because Damien Green's worked hard all his life for that Brazzers account and what have millennials ever done <laughs> just like talked about anime online but then that's how he hits on girls he's like I can pay for your rail trips <laughs> <laughs> now that they're discounted I can pay for one foot <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm gonna read the first couple of sentences from this article and then um we can we can we can we can we can talk about it because this is like the sort of journalism version of the phrase a lot going on here. <laughs> um, okay. There was, after all, quite a lot of chatter about intergenerational fairness in the run-up to the announcements of the budget. And indeed, it has been one of the most fashionable topics in political debate for some time. Editorial. I wonder fucking why. Um, so the wealth and pensions of those who spent decades working hard for them have not, after all, been raided to help. And here's where the article takes even more of a turn into the absurd relatively affluent 20-somethings make some money in the housing market. <laughs> uh, he's got um, me. What? He's, he's, unra- he's unraveled my plan to make some money on the housing market. And I would have gotten um, away with it too if it weren't for you meddling independent editors. I'm going to read this next line. Um, these these is, millennials with their small tin irons buying up Pall Mall. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to read this next line, which is, if anything, the best evidence for uh, bringing back the sentence of trebucheting someone into the sea. Um, Sean O'Grady, I still don't understand why taxpayers, some of whom are poor, are being asked to help subsidize people buying property, young people specifically. There's a fraction of a point in that the um, the stamp duty cut helps a few hundred people. Yeah. Um, but his grievance is like. But I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think taxes on poor people are being increased. I think that's the whole point that hmm. they're not being. I don't. Yeah. Is I mean, it, okay. So like, it's, I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna say something serious. But I, I it, it is do. true that basically this is like it's class inequality is the the kind of key thing, but there's just far more young people in a precarious class now. It's just like, you know, classes now it sort of reminded correlates me, with age much more. It, it, yeah. so, it sort of reminded me of like, you know, when we talk about universities and stuff and people's kind of thing about, oh, you know, university like benefits middle class posh kids by um, uh. taxing, by taxing, you know, mm. the poor. Right, it's the and means it's testing got, argument. Yeah. But spoiler alert: means testing will come up in this article. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. As all good as all good articles that I save on um, that I save on my iPhone uh, do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually I'm, 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 I'll go into that now. This is when he's talking about the rail cars rather than the stamp duty cap. Now I, Sean O'Grady, as a quote non millennial and uh, probably future uh, near future nursing home resident. Um, and also oh God, he's a dang asked team. to subsidize the rail travel of 25 to 30 year olds who may well be richer than I am. You know what, the thing about the new rail card is you, there's, already, there's already a pensioner rail card. There was already a, a youth rail card. There's one if you travel with your partner. So basically the only people who can't get subsidized rail travel within quite a narrow age range yeah. who Podcasters. are single. Yeah, <laughs> sort of, podcasters. Sort of it's, we, like, pay, we pay podcaster yeah. prices. Stigmatizing incels. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and vol cells like Hussein. I don't know. What, I don't know what Sean O'Grady has about like 
partially subsidizing my ticket to Hull. Uh, <laughs> I, I always, I just, oh. I, well, look, I just don't, I think it makes complete administrative sense to set up an entire framework to be able to means test everyone applying for a 26 or 30. I think that will, in the long run, definitely mm-hmm. save money. I, I mean, I, I agree with framework. Sean O'Grady that we should nationalize the trains and subsidize them <laughs> and make them significantly cheaper. <laughs> But, uh, but, so the elephant with the room with this guy though is like the independent pay their young staff nothing ah. like 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 i mean the in, like yeah i'm gonna say like the independent has a reputation in media for being about the worst in terms of employment conditions and payment so for an independent editor to be writing that like i imagine his staff on like kind of endless zero hour like shifts kind of arrangements would be just so i i did a quote tweet about this when he put it posted out and it caused one independent editor who i'm not going to name um (laughs) because i don't have enough money to pay for our lawyer just yet (laughs) but for future episodes we have spoken to miles and he is willing to come on the show um so you never know like we could just like start fighting people and have a good lawyer on our side anyway we can start libeling yes (laughs) love to libel um i I can't wait for us to get a dymo libel maker (laughs) (laughs) so i had i I had an i had an independent editor slide into my dms and he was like hey you're saying i think your tweets are really funny but like i've got a question for you send nudes um (laughs) so just i was about to send him a picture of my dick (laughs) so so this independent editor was just like i don't know why you keep kind of you know making fun of like other people who work at the independent they're journalists just like you and you should respect them and i was kind of just like because my thing was like i used to shift at the indie when i uh got laid off from my full-time journalism job um so lots of people who start off as freelancers or like when you come out of like very expensive journalism school and you come out knowing that you're not going to get a job so you end up doing these shifts and the shifts are largely just like you sitting at a desk for eight hours if you're a normal person who doesn't ever want to like work in news or uh for 15 hours if you decide that you actually have the audacity to want to become a reporter mm. um at some point in your and they're life. doing you a favor actually. and they're doing you a favor yeah, yeah. So you're working on like these really shitty contracts which take ages for you to actually get in the first place where you're just like rehashing copy, lots of which is really inaccurate. And when you end up getting fucked, you know, when you end up getting fucked by it, you're the one in trouble, not your editor. So there's a lot of structural problems that happen at places like The Independent. It's not just them, but obviously, as Abby said, like they've got a reputation for having pretty bad conditions for new reporters. So my thing was like, look, you know, the The Independent as an online entity is pretty much run by these young people mm-hmm. who are nameless, who don't really have any employment rights, who are discouraged, actively discouraged from joining unions. Some of them can't even afford to join the National Union of Journalists. I don't know if the Independent has a union. They they sacked all the union organisers. Yes. Yeah, so I heard I heard something about this. I mm. mean, but it's not just the Independent. Obviously, BuzzFeed um, were discouraged yeah. from joining a union, mm-hmm. and when they cited the trend of people being laid off in new media, but they, they were told, oh, but that won't happen to you. Yeah. Now they're obviously laying off large numbers of reporters. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it turns out that it's still capitalism, baby, and your boss yeah. is still your boss. So, <laughs> so um, capitalism on Friday uh-huh. afternoon. Capitalism so is I, back, uh, baby. It's good again. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to, just while we're talking about this, I want to offer yeah. like solidarity to my former colleagues. I can't really talk too much about this because of an NDA. Uh, wow. Capitalism, baby. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, but solidarity. And, with and that's a no dick pigs agreement. They um, uh. didn't deserve this, but. I hope that like whatever see, happens. Actually, Sean O'Grady has a quite, I think, almost. It's as though he's here in the room with us. We have a Sean O'Grady simulator. Um, <laughs> as his response to that basically AI. is this: 
um, it should be pretty clear that intergenerational fairness is a very silly concept. <laughs> is it fair that my parents and grandparents' generations had to live through the fight in a couple of world wars? Well, okay, uh, can, can, can we talk about the phenomenon of middle-aged men yeah. who in some way vaguely do believe, like... That they did live through the war, like just because they watched a few documentaries, yeah, Saving Private it's Ryan. Because like you yeah. know, people who live through the wars, they're, they're pretty old now. I mean, um, here and here's the next line. This is a real doozy. Is it fair that, say, gay people of my age group had to live with massive prejudice, blackmail, and violence in stark contrast to the much more humane attitudes of today? Just. <laughs> well, like lucky young gays don't try and own a house. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's like, not. It's not. And also, it's gay not, people, you're allowed to have sex without being beaten up, but you can't afford to live in a house where you can do it. And you can, you can, like, it's like yes, they can have sex, but Lord help them if their partner is a national rail journey away. <laughs> I, I, I know we sort of joke about this, but actually, this is like I was reading an article a few months ago, which was actually re- which was which actually kind of touched on this point, which was like the reason why young people want houses is that they actually want to like live lives as adults, right? And at the very core of it, living life as an adult is like being allowed to do things like Get have sex or watch porn if you're Damien Green watching <laughs> in a place where like your mom won't kind of accidentally like come in yeah. come in on you and or say, m- mother, you know, mother Teresa yeah. May <laughs> comes in yeah. um, and actually just like you know at the very core of it like you know this this is a crisis that isn't necessarily about like property or this like because we can have another conversation about property and land owning and kind of the ethics and we probably that. will but it's, um, yeah it's that's, that's, that's I mean that's why it's so weird when you've got all these Tories like freaking out like we've all become communists like yeah. I, I wish there was like a I don't I don't I'm not a Stalin supporter but I, I wish <laughs> I wish there was like a kind of wave of like radical left wing sort of feeling sweeping through yeah. um, the nation's youth but it's yeah. not people just want normal lives and, and if we if we had rental laws like they have in a lot of Euro- other European countries then renting won't be so bad but it's because we have horrible rental laws yeah. that massively like you know benefit landlords at the expense of us like yeah. i hate landlords who who who's everyone hates landlords i don't think people realize how much we hate landlords yeah it's like it's um there's sort of <laughs> the there's landlords. a lot of this and then every this just sort of building on that every time you know someone proposes that we just tax wealth they're like oh all the millionaires will leave the country it's like okay good, good. good. They'll, they'll take the houses presumably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i actually and i actually like, paid my i actually paid my mosque you know, these, are, these are the same these are like the uh, same fucking guys who are just like uh young people aren't getting married and having kids and like yeah. all they want to do is eat avocado toast and like work in social media yeah and it's just like have you spoken to like the young people around you you know yeah. um the ones well, who are going to be paying for you to go to a nursing home yeah, yeah. um you know regard you know <laughs> On top of like the big pension. Oh my god! Trash Future you. should design and and lease a nursing home yeah. <laughs> that specifically just fucks with aging boomers. <laughs> a, a really sort of interesting aspect of Brexit is um, that wages might increase for um, nursing home workers because you can't move all the old people abroad and all well. the. <laughs> well, well, yeah, have you heard of my new barge? Ba- yeah. Basically, like yeah, basically, like elderly people have have voted to like attempt to deport. Like yeah. the people who like, who bonds. are like who are all these rich these rich young people that we're getting mad online about because like I've never met any of them. Um, I've I've met I've met some young people with rich parents. Oh yes, <laughs> young people like, with rich parents. Mm, yes, I think he's like yeah. It's, these young people, some of whom might be richer than me, it's like <laughs> it, it's just so so fucking absurd. <laughs> like um, like the, like the idea. Well, yeah, but like most of them aren't. 
which is like no. the point. It's like, like yeah, you could find like an exception to like literally any rule. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, there's like, oh that's it. I found, I found a, I found a rich black person. That means racism is gone. So <laughs> you know, yeah. it's Mugabe, guys. Um, I mean, I mean, it's also fine. like sort of absurd that the independent office, like, if you want to go grab lunch, like the only real place that you can go to in a quick amount of time is like fucking Whole Foods. It's- I agree. With, I agree with O'Grady. Like no war, but the class war ultimately. Mm-hmm. But um, he's the managerial class. Yeah. So that. <laughs> so I guess here's the thing. Um, Trash Future in no way advocates violence at all no. against anyone. But ideas. Yeah. But wouldn't it would wouldn't it be a funny joke if Sean O'Grady <laughs> were trebucheted into the sea? <laughs> That's the key. Keep, keep Eddie. Keep Eddie. Yeah, trust. as like, I don't, as like I don't, a fun, I don't, fun I don't political violence, but I do genuinely wonder sometimes. I um, mean, sometimes it does feel like these people genuinely are trying to not provoke political violence, but trying to make you hate them. Only like, online, though. They always want to make you mad online. Yeah. But so. it's like, do they? We it's like we are going to take your stuff if you're not careful. Like, it's yeah. Kinda well, like. As I always say, it's um. I always, that's why I always say is charity begins at home. Specifically, the biggest one you can find. Right. Can we have what? like a? Can we have like a weird British reverse version of the Hunger Games, where to allow all the poor people to take out their rage? Every year, we like have a school fate style event where we like throw wet sponges at people like Sean O'Grady or like dunk them into a big tub of like water, <laughs> um, <laughs> just to what make are, everyone feel slightly better. What What are the ethical implications of like dressing up as deaf and just like going into the independent newsroom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, hey guys, maybe it's, it's like uh, am I right? I've come yeah. for the, media. Thing, the thing is, he was he was trolling. You know, that's that's to get clicks, but it's also to be so sort of you know there's. He must have such little respect for the junior staff in his office. He can barely afford their rent and don't know when they're getting shifts to publish something like that. I mean, from my kind of experience working there, like there is that, you know, there is big dissonance in terms of like how you understand your young staff, right? Yeah. So like when I when I was doing shifts there, they put all their kind of they called them workies at the independent. Really? Like they used to refer in uh, in emails. They used to say that we've got some workies in the office. Oh god. Um and I remember seeing that for the first time and I was just like, what the fuck? Um, I don't know whether they still do that, but they did refer to them at the time. And they used to just put them all on one desk, right? So what you would do as a so worky... like a clown car? Pretty much, yeah. So what you would do as a worky, right? So what they said is that, oh yeah, working at the Independent is a really great opportunity because it's the only place where you can pitch stories to a national audience and we'll listen to you because we're all connected to like our intranet system. So everyone is deemed as equal online, right? Now, obviously that's not fucking true because if you're not allowed to go into the editorial meetings because you don't have a contract and if you like the only way you can get outside of fucking Northcliffe House is by giving them like your little badge... Um, as well as like a form of ID because they don't, they really don't want you in there if you like don't have a contract. Mm-hmm. Like the system, the, the building itself like enshrines inequality, but when you're working there, most of the time what you'll be doing is doing transcriptions and you'll have like some fucking senior reporter, which was like, yeah, I did an interview of someone transcribe this two hour interview for me by like three o'clock because I need to like file something. And then you see in the paper the next day that they've done like 400 words where your name is like not referenced at yeah all. like it's you know, normal industry very it's a, it's regular a, it's a very very normal industry and the independent is the shining light of that but industry, it is, it is which normal. is normal it is um, it is normal that's the thing yeah. about it it's like your bosses treat you like shit everywhere see, uh, 
Alex was motioning like he has. Oh, we just. I was just very hey, surprised. Pucci, I, you hey. look like you have something to say. Hi <laughs> <laughs> guys. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> it was just very funny that I'm surprised that you glazed over what to me was my personal favorite sentence in the article when he was going through the. Uh, I went to bed at seven a.m. this I morning. I know. <laughs> You're, you're a much cooler guy than I am. We've been through this. Uh, the, uh, the rail card has not been tested. This cohort has since uh, has since left university, and their rail cards have used to get them to their stag do's and honeymoons. I mean, just all like, That's a Toby Young line. Or, 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 like, or like, just like jobs. But like, who gets the train to their honeymoon? Like, where the fuck, like, oh, these rich millennials going right. to their honeymoon by train? Like, yeah, where the I fuck are they going? I don't know the fucking regions. Like, what? Like, <laughs> Um, but the sentence after that, he just goes, obviously, I wish them every happiness. I mean, tonally, that the rest of the article doesn't bear. Who are these <laughs> doesn't really bear who, who, are, who are these millennials? All these millennials getting, having their stag dudes stoked. Like, <laughs> no, it's, but that is a take Toby Young. He's clearly not been invited to a, mm. a, few, a few stag dudes in his time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is, the, this is like, Shinaro Grady has friends, guys. A lot of, yeah. and he's been invited to a lot of stag dudes. He's laughing at people saying he's not got friends. Not all of them. Yeah. Or actually, all those people going to stag do's are wasting their time because Sean yeah. O'Grady is mastering the katana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> those fucking chads going to their stag do's. I'm Sean O'Grady and I'm a Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> actually, you have to have a very high IQ to understand Sean O'Grady. <laughs> yeah. You actually you know have what, to have a very enough, high IQ to be this much richer than the millennials. Um, but you have to have a high we, IQ to understand the humor. Like oh, a trash God. future stag and uh, just tweet <laughs> um, pictures at Sean O'Grady of us using rail cards on the train to get there um, <laughs> to like really, just, um, really make him not mad online. So, so when I got my first job at Mirror, the only way the Mirror, the only way I could afford the train down to London from Sheffield is because the job centre will pay you um, three lots of transport to a job interview, um, and the manager had to come down and because um, normally they expect to pay for like a bus to Barnsley, and they had to, he had to come down um, and specially authorise a train to London. Wow, normal country. Mm. Yeah, so we didn't want we didn't want anyone uh, who might not deserve it getting a train yeah, to London. I don't, yeah. I don't know what I was that was just an anecdote I about mean, however, how fucked up the country is, really. I mean, that's kind of Stay just the whole in the point north, of this podcast, you lazy pricks. I think given that we've gone the entire length of an episode for our first half, maybe it's time to go into the break yeah. and uh, see you all shortly. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. I was trying to do that, trying to do Begin. Um, enjoy this Antifa rock style white font men's black sweatshirt made in Mexico of 100% cotton for all day comfort and features an Antifa rock style white font graphic on the front. A ribbed crew neck and a straight hem complete the long sleeve sweatshirt, which is available in colour black. This We Are Antifa white ACDC style font sweatshirt will express yourself inside the opposition to the ideology, organisations, governments and people from the far right. Brackets fascism. <laughs> <laughs> when you just, know, <laughs> just just remember to keep creating a better world by Walmart. <laughs> 
That, that is some oh. of the sleekest SEO there's ever been. You just could wow. know that that was generated to game Google's algorithm. Oh, God, hook it to my fucking veins. <laughs> Copywriting, baby. Because, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, if anything, like the American far right would have really liked ACDC because Angus Young was always dressed up as like a 14 year old schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Walmart is welcome to the resistance. <laughs> famously, famously woke and socialist corporation, Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, which is all about unions and mutual aid. <laughs> also, I love that it's made in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> they, might, they might have actually just thought that was woke. Right? Is that, yeah, because if you look, I, I did a little Twitter search when we were trying to find this, and there are genuinely like people who are really mad that this exists, right? So they're like adding Walmart, like, oh, if you're not, if you're gonna like promote Antifa, bracket American ISIS, uh, then I'm gonna shop elsewhere. Um, and I'm not sure like what that would be in the US, but they genuinely have like made people mad, and I think part of that might be because they've outsourced the production to Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, that that really is like what Trump voting, like what Trump voting, quote, real American suburban fascists hate is they they hate Antifa. They hate Mexico, but they love Walmart. I mean, so I suspect what's going to happen uh, is that yeah. they're all going to spark out and fall over. I mean, would they have felt better if like they had a bunch of Americans in Wisconsin making these uh, jumpers? Well, it would have to be pro <laughs> I just I love the idea that like uh, like if you buy an Antifa jumper from Walmart, that's like letting ISIS win. Like that is the one thing where like Abu Bakr al Baghdadi will be like, "Hi, you're fucked now." <laughs> now that Walmart, <laughs> now that Walmart are selling the Antifa jumpers, that's when that's that's when the caliphate really gets started. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sort of just waiting for like Jake Paul to launch like his Antifa merchandise. Um, uh, it's uh, anti-fascism every day, bro. <laughs> uh, Jake Paul is the worst kind of person. Everyday um, anti-fascist motivation. What we uh, also here's the other thing that we have uh, is one of the main reasons that Abby uh, is here with us today is not just to talk about um, the, how stupid the toxic hell world of online and real life <laughs> is um but we're also going to talk about what i think is probably the greatest i don't want to say the greatest failure in social policy because there's like a four-day lag time yeah. between this recording and this coming out <laughs> like 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 again donald trump could very easily start like you know turning the bottom like 10 yeah. percent income decile of americans into green energy you could right. post a picture of him his his nude bottom yeah he, donald uh, trump could post oh a bottomless boy. picture it happened is there like a new um is there like a is there like a thing beyond the explicit rating on itunes that this will now go to because of just that image that you yeah the the itunes, the iTunes police you're the gonna cops. need to, you're gonna need to be over 65 to listen <laughs> let, me, let me sort of say that the lips would hate it if you if you posted bottomless photos. I think what would be really funny is like having like Raheem Kassam like defend posting bottomless like bottomless news <laughs> on BBC News. Like I can't wait for Raheem. Snowflakes don't want I can't wait for Raheem Kassam to like post like to wear like a full black tie tuxedo yeah. shit up top bottomless down yeah. below to own oh, the lips. Is, yeah. is Raheem Hassan Ukip Hussain? Is that him? What? <laughs> 
Is he your cousin. UKIP doppelganger? Is that the guy? Or yes. is this a different, yes. a different guy? Uh, cousin. Brilliant. Yes. And, and, there, cousin. and there are people who online who believe that we were circumcised by at the same time. <laughs> I, was con- um, I was considering setting up a... There, was a, there was a foreskin-related mix-up at the hospital, and ever since, your lives have been inextricably linked. Hussein and Rahim Kassam peed in a fountain together and then woke up Freaky Friday. Yeah. As a as a poppy that was intended to be sewn onto Hussein's penis was accidentally sewn onto the other guy's penis, forcing him to honor the troop. Hey, hey, Poochie, you look like you have something to say. I was going to try and start a campaign to um, support Damien Green by posting selfies of you looking serious and pretending to wank. Okay, this is the trash future drive to like save Damien Green's ministerial. Yeah. This, is our, this is our Christmas charity yeah, appeal. You might just, just stand there like, you know, me too. Or <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, it won't be me too. It'll be me 69 for sure. Um, this... It's the greatest quite, idea. Yeah. I've not done it out of laziness yet. The but. trash future yeah. Christmas appeal, folks. Like, the trash future I mean, Christmas appeal. Save Damien Green's job by posting a picture of you fake wanking in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the potter of the setting, the better. <laughs> While holding your 26 to 30 rail card. For um, less than the price of a cup of coffee a day, you too can help Damien Green bust a nut during <laughs> office hours in the Palace of Westminster. Uh, to own the libs. I Guys, if this episode doesn't get us in the Guardian like top yeah. 100 yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah. tribute, <laughs> tribute porn where I come onto a, a 26 to 30 a rail card. Disability rights issue. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we are we being ableist against Damien Green? Because well, we he, don't know. He's not met him. We, we potentially. Have we so been guess, libelous against Damien Green? <laughs> unclear. I don't know. I never, I'm not, I didn't do it. You might have to get Miles on like faster. We're going to have to get Miles on really fast. <laughs> So my my main take on the Damien Green thing, I think, is that basically, why is it a scandal that Damien Green had a wank at work? Because that was probably like the best thing he'd done at work for that whole time. I'm, like, I'm, it's more worrying what he does when he's not wanking. Like, what? That's true. If all Tory ministers spent more time wanking, I feel like a lot less damage would be done. Like, if Boris Johnson had just had a wank instead of, like, telling the Iranian government that that woman was training journalists, (laughs) things would be much better. Right. That's actually, like, I want Trump to spend more time golfing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'll spend less time governing. But here's the thing is, we've had a lot of fun today, folks. (laughs) 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 But um, what we also have is we have, like, a topic yeah. We want to get into a smart topic, a, of a smart, smart person, a smart topic that is good, comma actually, a yeah. laser guided topic, <laughs> a laser guided topic that's definitely not going to blow up a Yemeni wedding, coming into your ears <laughs> like a Yemeni one. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, um, so yeah. what we are going to do is uh, talk about universal credit, the again best slash worst social program for, I think, like exterminating entire classes of people. I mean, I I, I think I think the main the the main most severe problem with universal credit is they've decided to um, because people who um, lose their jobs and need to claim benefits um, famously have a lot of savings Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily need money, particularly. They've decided to have this like six week long lead in. So Mm -hmm. obviously people get paid every week or every month. Fasting is healthy. 
Yeah, so it's, it's just like, and I, I was actually at an event in Parliament. Um, so in before a, we go too far in, sorry. can we just say what universal credit is? So universal credit is what the Conservative government is trying to replace a kind of plethora of different benefits with. And on the very, very surface level, the, the idea of simplifying the benefit system isn't entirely bad, but... but you know, they're simplifying it by taking money off people and making them wait longer for it. And it's been a complete disaster. Um, and they're kind of doubling down on it being a disaster because that's what the Conservatives seem to do at the moment. So yeah, people are just like, you know, people are just like not being able to pay the bills, losing their house, sort of like having to go to food banks. Regular, starving. Fine. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Um, it's I feel of, like universal credit cool. answers the question which was on everyone's lips, which was what if Job Seekers Allowance but Kafka... <laughs> well guys aren't like we at least we're reassured that they don't have access to rail cards to go to stack dues <laughs> yeah no that would be yeah. it that would, would be, be that would be too much i mean if anything we're actually rescuing them from having to like sip through dick straws and yeah. stuff like that is at least probably <laughs> yeah. making their lives better so basically like there's sort of like a fundamental conservative belief is that people who are unemployed or poor are faking it and lying and basically just lazy and they won't they won't necessarily make that a core part of the messaging but there's this you know clearly the idea of this long leading is if we make it as unpleasant as possible mm. to be unemployed people will be less likely to lose their jobs which everyone's well, just doing for fun yeah because being being poor is famously yeah. like actually yeah. good and really nice yeah. but, the, but and like if we don't make it unpleasant like everyone's just going to be poor it's yeah. going to be the coolest most hip but thing that is, what, that is literally that is what they believe i mean there's a whole heap of problems with it and i mean there's you know the conservatives have been screwing up the benefit system in lots of ways but the particular problem with this is this long lead in time so obviously people for example if you lose your job now um a month before christmas you won't get any money until like quite a while after christmas because mm -hmm. of how the system works so, and people will lose their jobs now and they will be not only will they not be able to you know pay their rent and stuff it's obviously the additional cost of christmas mm -hmm. so um, ironically this could really come back to hurt damien green who may have wanked <laughs> himself out of a job by then right <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this, does this make Ian Duncan Smith the literal Grinch who stole oh, Christmas? But then, okay, so the, the funny, the, not funny, funny is the wrong word. Like the most, like the most absurd part of it, well, not the most absurd part, one, one of the many absurd parts <laughs> is that they're, they're not rolling it out in certain key um, Tories constituencies, including Ian Duncan Smith and Theresa May. It's like, they clearly know it's a bad enough idea that they're scared to inflict it on people they want to vote for them in, in the future. Um, so some, some constituencies are exempt, but they're doing it everywhere else. Um, but it's not, it's not... You know, it's not actually an accident. It's not like, oh, we just accidentally forgot to give people money for six weeks. It's like someone sat down and thought, we can save money or we can like incentivize people to not be poor if we if we don't give it them for six weeks. Um, it's immensely cruel. Um, and, you know, this comes after the massive ramping up of um, sanctions and obviously the government denied that job centre workers were giving incentives. So basically job centre, it turns out they were. So job centre workers were incentivised and given bonuses for sanctioning more people. I don't know if you ever dealt with the job centre. I, I have, it's been a few years now, but um, it mm. feels like they're trying to trick you. It's yeah. Like, it's like how can we how can we make this so confusing and awful that they'll make a minor mistake and then we can take money off them? It's like a cool <laughs> game show. Like, I, yeah, I feel like to be honest, by March probably we would have had like ten new heads of the DWP, and Theresa May will have been forced to appoint someone who is literally twelve, whose solution to this problem <laughs> yeah. will be to to be to accidentally invent the workhouse again. 
Like, yeah. guys, great idea. We just get all the poor people uh. and we take them to a big building where a man in a tricorn hat feeds them <laughs> <laughs> until it's, it's they the, get a job. It's the, the basic... I always think that when I see a universe... Because I... I um, because I was very briefly a melt. Um, I published an article in the New Statesman a while ago. Oh, um, yeah? I mean, yeah. same. Melt, 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 melt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was sort of like the, the history of this idea in the British. Wait, was it the article where you defended wanking at work? <laughs> uh, no, I published that in Guido Fox. <laughs> that is really the melt issue that everyone's dying. Yeah. Dying I, on I, hills. I, I love to die on hills about wanking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, the, we're this, it's this idea that's been sort of alive in, you say, big British poor relief ever since the dissolution of the monasteries, yeah. which is this big concept of the principle of less eligibility that was only yeah. enshrined into law in the new poor law in like 1834, I think. Yeah. Where what you get is it, any poor relief uh, that happens since 1834, and this has been the case with the exception of sort of, you know, um, uh, Marshall Plan style reconstruction yeah. uh, post-war, every single benefit program um, must be careful to ensure that the condition of the unemployed worker on benefits is worse than the condition of the lowliest worker yes. off benefits. I mean, yeah, I mean... There's a the the logic of we want what you know we want to say that it's not entirely insane, but you have to like benefits have to provide you a decent standard of living. So if you want people in work to be better off, you have to pay them more. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you know it's, it's you can't like, imagine my shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't. There's there's only so much you can take off people. And and the, the funny thing about it and again, funny is the wrong word is is a kind of perverse effects in terms of government spending. So you've got them taking a woman's and um, cutting a. This isn't universal credit specifically. This is the um, benefit cap, household benefit mm. cap. So you've got them taking a little bit of money off her, a mum with quite a few children. Um, so she couldn't quite afford her rent. So she can't afford her to look after her kids. She loses her house. And then all of her kids get taken to foster care. And that costs like the government like a grand a week. So they've broken up a family, spent far more money because um, they're paying someone to do the parenting that this previously competent mother was doing. Or you've got them taking... Mm. You've got them taking... Um, a car off a disabled person that costs them eight grand a year. And because that disabled person can't get to work, they're paying 60 grand a year in taxis instead. Mm-hmm. It's like this sort of like, from a, like a, even from like a pure cost saving perspective, it's like they're punishing people at great costs. But like, that's just the thing. It's like, this is, this if, if, to, to sort of uh, paraphrase real politics, yeah. this is the nature of the hard right. right. I'm afraid <laughs> this is the nature of the hard right. Yeah. Because ultimately these people are driven by a sort of grievances and a desire to punish. Yeah. And they are willing, just just like the sort of, you know, fucking dipshit chuds who do whatever Gavin McInnes says and like, right. like you know, wax their mustaches and whatever, <laughs> um, like lie down in dumpsters to own the libs. Yeah. Um, it's just the same. The government is willing to actually spend more tax money yeah. ensuring that the poor are like, like just basically like ritually humiliated and yeah, fucked yeah. with at every turn because yeah. of this just class-based grievance yeah. and a desire to piss off metropolitan yeah. liberals. Well, it's like you've, you've got a judge They're spending Sean O'Grady's like- hard-earned tax money on punishing the <laughs> <Right>. poor. <laughs> How does Sean O'Grady feel about this? He's worked hard for that tax money that, you know, the Sean people O'Grady transcribed those 400 words. He doesn't want those 400 words being used to punish the poor. The poor have got it easy <laughs> enough as it is. 
So one of the other main sort of characteristics of universal credit is that the actual sort of infrastructure in terms of like its IT yeah. systems has been extraordinarily failure prone. Yeah. Um, and to me, that smacks the idea that, you know, uh, poor services are poor services. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's this kind of thing with the conservative government, the government, um, how, how much of it is just pure incompetence and how much is malice. And I think there's plenty of both. <laughs> because they're too busy wanking. Well, or maybe, yeah. If they'd just been a little bit more busy wanking, maybe they wouldn't have attempted it at all. <laughs> what happens when uh, incels take over the government? <laughs> um, yeah, poor, poor person has to fill out baffling number of forms in order to get money required to live, like some super long porn title. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's, hard, it's hard to navigate the benefit system as like a company computer literate young person with a degree and you, you've got to understand some you know a, a lot of people maybe reading is like harder for them and they're, they're not so the older and they're not so computer literate they have a whole load of competing demands on their time they might be carers they might be all these kind of things it's just like you know and it, it really like universal credit ostensibly is meant to make the process simpler for the government but, but it's sort of it's a bit of a joke like <laughs> Well, it's the actually that uh, competing demands on under time is something I want to go into a little more. Yeah. Um, because uh, a, a lot of sort of the the requirements of if you're on universal credit, even if you are in employment, so if you're in employment and you're making earned income tax credit, yeah. or what used to be an earned income tax yeah. credit, now it's a salary top up. Um, you have to prove that you are uh, spending a certain amount of time on the universal job right. match site. Finding jobs. I don't, I don't know if it's changed, but when I was signing on in 2013, you don't have to sign up for the website, but they, they make it, the job centre staff make it seem like you do. So you have to be informed to know not to, but once you sign up, then they've got you and they, <laughs> they, they can sanction you based on you not doing certain things mm. on the website. Um, and it, the, the kind of thing about people in work signing on, like I, I met a, um, a young woman about 25, I think she had a son. She was working at McDonald's. I one of the McDonald's that went on strike actually. I mm-hmm. mean, um, her, her issue was because McDonald's kept on because they keep on like low hours, mm-hmm. zero hour contracts. They kept on they kind of changed the hours she got, um, which potentially to personally target her, but you know, for whatever reason. Um, and you can't, um, if it's very difficult to claim benefits if your like hours are varied because like. Like I, I know someone as well who um, had their benefits stopped because the government suspected they weren't giving them enough. So like, we're not been giving you enough money, so we're just going to cancel it because like, um, uh-huh. because to try and sort it out. And it's just like this complete. That sounds sounds just, logical and fine. The guy, the DWP, doing a huge line of brain force plus before making some You're benefit right. decisions. <laughs> it's just like you, you get the, you get the impression that people design this do not understand that people literally cannot pay. Well, they do what they eat. It's worse if they do understand. But it's like you know, people will have to go to payday loan companies just to cover the very most basic costs, and then they're like trapped forever. They will lose their homes. Like you know, it's not if you're like middle class that like you have access to whole loads of cheap credit that other people don't have you probably can get an overdraft even you know you have you can you can get like you can get affordable loans as you probably have people you can borrow of the people mm. being targeted by this like if they have a few hundred quid taken off them they're fucked um and you get the impression that these people just fundamentally do not understand that or they do understand and this is some sort of sick game it's almost happens it's almost as though having a bunch of oxford educated ppe plutocrats right. running government was a bad idea 
Uh, actually, the, the conservatives are trying to are trying to help poor people because they realise that poor people are just really into findom. Uh, you go down your high street and you see these like, we'll give you a loan if no one else will. Like interest rate, like whatever the fuck. Like, Three thousand two hundred twenty nine like, percent yeah, per year is like, average. It's predatory, and like, why do they think people get? load these loans because they they literally have no you know people mm. are losing their homes people are it's considered you know you're not meant to mention mm. that um forcing people into difficult situations makes them potentially commit suicide my um someone my mum knows um you're not meant to say you're not meant to make a link that's what samaritan says but someone my mum knows um killed herself um her son who was severely autistic had all of his benefits and support taken away at once and she'd actually said to um she said to people beforehand what do i have to do to make you pay attention um, you know, do I have to kill myself? And she did end up killing herself. Um, um, and it's just like, it's, it's like, you know, obviously there are underlying mental health issues. Obviously, like it's not a single causal thing. But if you push people into desperate situations, can accelerate. you can do all kinds of, you know, and, and even if people aren't killing themselves, it's like you're, you're making people suffer immensely and it's so entirely mm. unnecessary well otherwise they'd want to be poor because being Gosh. poor is cool it's like it's yeah you know that i mean this is i mean so what if, if and, and that's the other thing as well this idea people the idea that people who um who can you know a lot a lot of people who are on benefits a long time people do have depression and other issues that make it you know i don't know if you i don't know how long you guys have ever been unemployed at the longest point but it just kill your confidence to continually get rejected for jobs like you know if people sort of give up on life the idea that's some kind of personal failing like coming from these people whose dad's gotten their first job I think just like, I this is this is why you like have to become a professional online podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the real future. Well, I mean, you know, we, we are Milo Edwards's job program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, funny story. Like, I started a podcast partly because, like, I was unemployed um, yeah. when I left my job, my last job in 2016. I was fortunate, like, enough. I didn't have to. I had like savings and severance that meant, but I didn't have to go on like benefits or universal credit. Um, but yeah, you're like, you're completely right. And just that whole kind of disposition is one where, especially when you live in London and you live at a time when like your job really defines who you are. Yeah. When you don't have one, like the psychological, and also when you have a government that's like, you know, for years, they've kind of, you know, productive yeah. people who deserve things. So when, yeah. when you talk about benefits, it's like, Strivers and yeah, and you know, my dad, my, my parents store before they sold it was in a a place where there was a lot of unemployment and the majority of our customers came to our post office to collect unemployment checks and you know they had to sign on and like working there over you know you know five six years and seeing these kind of monumental changes especially when like the conservative lib dem coalition took over normal um, government normal government yeah. very fine um, <laughs> You know, it was really compared to the current of, government, you know, relatively normal government. <laughs> like, it was re- it was really eye opening. That's so sort of mad about twenty seventeen. Um, but the thing that I sort of noticed was that even the people who were taking benefits, who were you know had to collect them, like their language really changed as well because suddenly, like you know, there was this thing about okay, well, who is really the deserving poor yeah. and who isn't? So those things can kind of you know they underline you know bigger issues. So you know increase you know increases of racism mm-hmm. can kind of come as a stem of this. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest issues that like in my area at the moment is you know lots of kind of white ben- you know benefit claimants who believe that like black benefit claimants don't deserve to be in like yeah. council flats like it belongs to them and this is like a government you know the government that currently exists like they were the ones who kind of accelerated that language but it's like that i mean it is factually true that if you're a 
say a single young man like a single young white man mm. that um a refugee family will get bumped up the housing waiting list higher than mm. you because a family with small children is higher priority it's like but it's the issue is there's not enough housing. It shouldn't be an either or sort of situation. Yep. But, you know, when you create this unnecessary s- scarcity of resources, yep. and of course the people... I'm not, kind of, I'm not trying to defend racist attitudes, but I'm saying that, like, w- when people are competing for resources and you've got newspapers feeding a certain narrative, it's absolutely going to end up like this. Well, I mean, it, it like, it, acceler- it, acceler- it, you know, it accelerates it a lot, and it's especially like, yeah. when you've got a conversation that is so kind of fixated... Yeah. On individuals. Well, because that, that's the issue is that yeah. when the question is about who's the deserving poor, what that does is it pits the working class against yeah. one another. The real question should be who are the deserving rich? Right. Hey, no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some woke shit here. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I think this is all just like the run up for like the, there's some like conservative minister who wants to make a pilot for like Sky One hosted by Danny Dyer where it's like poor people yeah. fight to the death. Um, and like, they've just got to yeah. get them, they've got to like psychologically get them ready for that like really get them to a stage where like okay there's only one packet of hot dogs left and uh, <laughs> well, well, either, I mean, we get close. You've got to murder had, that refugee family, otherwise they're going to eat them. So we we had know. that show where they were like had to compete with sob stories to see who got a home. It's like oh shit, yeah. Like, they, we like I've never heard of our this. Our medium is like we do really fucked up poverty porn yeah. stuff. Like like so it was this, it was this. He probably, you know, I think the people making it probably thought it genuinely was a nice thing. But this guy, there was this like rich business guy and he owned a flat and he would, and, and basically the premise of the show was various couples and families would try and explain why their homelessness was the most important and they most deserved to get the flat. And then he decided who to give the flat to at the end. That was on really recently. I wish you could see my expression. Yeah. Normal country. Regular. Yeah. Brit- no, but Brit- Britain's media does regularly scrape the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. The only good thing about Britain's media is that Kezia Dugdale gets regularly embarrassed on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, yeah, I'm a con on... Um, uh, I, I, I'm show. allegedly a celebrity. Alleg- <laughs> <laughs> um, no allegedly a celebrity in the jungle. Um, I saw a clip where he got like scared by a camel, and I thought that was quite funny. Um, what was it about the camel that scared him? I don't know. Okay, big Islam, sh- big schlong, Islam, right. Islamo fascism. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, when are we getting the ghost of Christopher Hitchens on this podcast? Oh man, I love it. I love it when people are surprised when boxers are dumb. It's so it's like it's like that man gets hit in the head for a living. Like, <laughs> like literally, there's, a, there's literally like studies that have shown how fucking dumb that makes you. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think my problem is that I watch I think like chess boxing is the main one and that I think I've got confused by chess the, boxing. Do you know chess boxing? No, it's it, it is me. roughly what it, if you've got an idea of what it is, it's probably the correct idea from the... I only the play ninth dimensional chess boxing. So it's, it's, what it could possibly consist of. You, you do a round of... I think it's... Uh, you do a round of boxing for like a minute and then you do like a minute of chess. So it's like, who is the... Got yeah, the who's got the, the best... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's more that like... It's, and they're going to get their benefits. I guess, <laughs> I guess the thing is like Floyd... Like Gary... Gary Kasparov would Gary Glitter. I think if it's like Gary Kasparov versus like Floyd Mayweather like Floyd Mayweather wins because there's just no way that Kasparov doesn't die in the first minute of the, of the boxing and he's not so good at chess as to be able to take out Mayweather with like, <laughs> with like four hours of instruction anyway that's enough chess boxing <laughs> the only sport that I recognise is Beyblades so. right okay. <laughs> 
No, the only sport. I, okay, I, I found my Magic the Gathering deck. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Great. See, I was I I have got gradually nerdier as I've got older. <laughs> this thing I got like I I I I okay I'm going to admit this on Trash Future for the first time, and we're going to get back to Universal Credit in a moment. But when I was like 17, I had an investment portfolio and wore ties casually. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Normal. What happened? Did you did you own a fedora? Um, <laughs> I was considering buying one. I think if I bought a fedora, this would be a Daily Stormer podcast. Like I would have tipped over into the I mean, alt right. That's, that's the tipping point. But when the fedora tips, yeah. I'd lo- yeah. I, 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 by the way, guys, the new Malcolm Gladwell book is really weird. <laughs> you'd be, you be selling brain force plus to the vol cells as we speak. Yeah, so we. This is so unlike us to get massively off topic. <laughs> this is crazy. Um. So just, I think, to um, sort of really hammer home a point about the universal credit thing, it seems that this is a program that um, largely restrict, like, sort of... Has no redeeming features. Yeah, catastrophically restricts uh, benefits to people who need them. Yeah, I mean, it take, people end up with less money. The idea, like, it, like, they simplify your benefits and then they take money off certain people mm. because of it and they delay it so you can't get it when you need it and people get into debt and they lose their homes. And they know this was happening. They were told this was happening when they did the trial. They knew it when they were designing it, I think, because but how could you not know to, that that would be the result of it? To the Conservative Party and to, like, the middle class sort of, you know, polite fascists of Maidenhead. Like, that's well, not a bug, it's a feature. Well, it's all pension. Have you, I mean, I don't want to get into the kind of generational warfare because it's no, not, please, you know, pensions, pensions aren't the enemy. But I mean, at the point mm. when, at the point when pensioners are even voting against us getting a, um, a holiday when Prince Harry gets married, but you just kind of think they're doing it out of spite. Like, they're just sort of like pensioners consistently they'd vote like to you, fuck us. They'd in. like you to purchase porcelain. Mm-hmm. For the sake of Memorial. Brexit, uh, yeah, but they would rather you purchase yeah. porcelain during your twenty-minute allocated did, did lunch see, break. Did you see? Did you see the poll where everyone was in favour of, uh, of a, um, a bank holiday on the wedding, apart from pensioners? Um, uh, the, well, the, my, so my favourite bit about because didn't didn't the government wasn't the government's didn't didn't like the government spokesperson say something like the reason that we're not going to do a bank holiday for them is because there's already enough joy inherent yes. in the wedding. Well, that wasn't and a I'm spokesperson. Like, that was just Theresa May. Right, right. Okay, I was I, I've been too nice to her then by coming with someone else. Um, but the thing I love about that is that the implicit slam is that Will and Kate's wedding was a dreary dog shit fest. <laughs> <laughs> needed the opium of a bank holiday. Did, did you see? Um, did you see the Spectator article? Which I, we're not smart enough to understand the humour, I imagine. But um, no. but the, spe- the Spectator. Article saying that um, he shouldn't marry her because she's a divorcee, which of yes. course we have no precedent, <laughs> precedent in sort of like people who are second, maybe second in line See, to the throne. Yeah, the take that like the queen being the head of the Church of England means that Prince Harry can't marry a divorcee was well, quite jokes. Like, Prince um, Charles exists. This, this, this <laughs> argument. And we all regret it. This, <laughs> argument, this, is, this is an argument that's used quite frequently in like whenever you go f- to like Asian family dinners. Um, <laughs> and they often they often invoke like the royal family when they try to get you arranged to be married, right? They're mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not a backwards thing because the you know the, the Prince Harry and Prince William have had um, arranged marriages because they can only marry certain types of people. 
Um, and I've been told spectator this. readers. <laughs> and, and, and I've and I've been told this several times. And the things that I've said is that number one, I'm a gamer, and therefore, uh, <laughs> and therefore I, I've dedicated my life to um, celibacy. Um, I can only second, marry certain kinds of anime body pillows. <laughs> but the second one is is that if you really cared about me, you would put a picture of me and my waifu on porcelain and hang it up. <laughs> 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 the problem the problem is of course those body pillows are savage in family court <laughs> uh, <laughs> take away, it'll take away my xbox <laughs> um so are, are any of you guys familiar with the concept of exterminism no tell me i i, I can guess well, it's, well, I mean, yeah, they're not, they're not trying to kill them, but they wouldn't mind if some of them died. <laughs> if they they... Like, no, the poor, don't worry, guys. The poor aren't dead. Yeah. They've just gone to live on a farm far away. So essentially, essentially, what's happened is the conservative government has like gone to meet some mobsters to like double tap the poor back of the head execution yeah. style and like make it look like an accident. I, I mean, this this um, this we're going to um, cut Medicare for poor cancer sufferers to fund. Um, tax cuts on private jets literally private planes i mean that's the most explicit sort of example of class warfare from the well, it's, elites that i've seen in a while this is there's, there's this book i quite enjoy um a uh, game by neil strauss <laughs> <laughs> there are several Alice books Shrugged. there are set look i like i like high literature for example the game by neil strauss mm -hmm. the rules of the game also by neil strauss right. <laughs> um, I hope they serve beer in hell by Tucker Max. The canon. <laughs> the canon, guys. All the books that Jeremy Corbett has read. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, that GQ decline, you know, that the GQ editor forgot to mention. Uh, I wish that, I would, I'd love that they do, if they do a, a profile in Corbin in all of the different men's magazines, like FHM, Loaded, Nuts. I, I write well, for Esquire, so I could I mean, try and get it as someone who's about to edit a men's magazine, like Jeremy Corbin, if you listen to Trash Future, Come on, let's do an interview and let's talk about the game by Neil Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to get it out of him that his most influential books were the Alex Ryder series by Anthony Horowitz. That's uh, it's the only acceptable answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so the, this this concept in this book I quite like that isn't about uh, why women actually like need to be tricked. Um, which <laughs> why women? Uh, this other book that I, I enjoy. Uh, you know, I'm a, as as of course as of course a, a white male socialist. Obviously, um, I hate uh, all women in POC. Of course, uh -huh. because of online told me so. Uh -huh. um, no, this this book called um, Four Futures: Life After Capitalism. I, I've read it. Yeah, so exterminism is like one of um, Peter Frace's yeah. like big points. Yeah, and I, it seems to me that we're tending towards an exterminist future. Like these are exterminist policies. I mean, isn't that like, it's sort of a natural thing. Well, like I say, I say, I say that in like a really horrified way, but when you kind of commodify individuals mm. and when you use a language that effectively commodifies and then like, you know, that's the next step, right? Mm. That you can dispose you of You downsize. Them. Yeah. It's just like the corporate raiders, but applied to a country. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, when in like probably two months time when population management becomes part of the discourse and anyone who kind of questions it will be deemed as a uh, socialist snowflake traitor in the pages of the Sunday Times. <laughs> like, or the spectator, which all of us are too dumb to understand. Kind of forcibly sterilizing people. They, they, they've done, they, they sterilize people who, I, I, as I understand it, I think people have ended up in prison and sterilized. They've somehow... Mm. 
So technically, they made a free choice, and obviously, there's the whole thing about Ethiopian Jewish people being sterilized yeah. in mm-hmm. Israel. Um, you know, well, I we're last, not that far from the it. last sterilization, last eugenics-based sterilization laws in the states were repealed in the late '60s. Yeah, like this is not a distant concept that there are simp- that there are populations that need to be occupied and controlled. And the sort of colossal failure of universal credit is just an yet another chapter in this sordid history. You can imagine the Daily Mail editorial about why people, ban- you know, you get them on, you know, people on Twitter. It's like, oh, well, if you I can't love- afford kids, then you shouldn't have kids. And, the, you know, the, the idea that people have to, for example, get a contraceptive implant for as long as they claim benefits. I can imagine that being like people would support that. I think we yeah. would genuinely have majority support for that in this country, which is fucking terrifying because it is a human right to start a family it's not meant to be a sort of elite privilege to even have like, yeah because like that's something that's self-evident but even like thinking about that unconsciously like there is that impulse of like oh really like you're i'm genuinely like surprised by the statement that there is a human you know you have a human right to start a family yeah. because of language has been you yeah. know but that is, normalized a, that so is in all of our you know that is in the british bill of human rights it's in um, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of it's you know that is meant to be a thing but millennials who mm-hmm. famously don't like to get married but do like to have stag dues mm-hmm. and require rail cards to do so exactly uh-huh. i I, lo- I can't wait for my we just have a stag dude to celebrate the start of a new podcast that's what it is now <laughs> <laughs> uh, um well, let me check time. Guys, we are like steady on course to record a two hour podcast. <laughs> wow. Um, I never thought I'd be that guy. A, uh, feature, a feature film length podcast. Uh-huh. And that's like not indicative. It's the, uh, it's the like 85 minute films you have to watch out for. A two hour film could be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've already gone north of Pacific Rim. Shit, we're becoming, like, is... we're becoming the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> have you ever done DMT? <laughs> dude you blew my mind anyway i'm a rational atheist actually and you know women just aren't good at programming <laughs> <laughs> did you see um did you say james demore actually won an award Sorry, from uh, anthony Hor- by the, not the anthony horowitz the uh, david horowitz <laughs> freedom center you know alex Ryder. <laughs> I, oh god you know why don't they say something properly edgelord like Stalin was good and see how the fucking goes Abby, down. you're really not helping your case that you're not a Stalinist. Or here. even I better, Stalin was blessed to go on Guido Fawkes. <laughs> I literally yeah. cannot uh, wait. No but, no, but that's the thing. You know, their opinions, they're, they're not, I mean, they're just, they're not that edgy. You know, a lot, they're just sexist and racist. Like yes. a lot of people are sexist and racist. Like, yeah, but but I, feel, like, I feel that like once it gets on Guido Fawkes, we can actually start the proper conversation of is the Guido Fawkes logo Manga. <laughs> we, um, well, um, maybe yeah. Guido Fawkes and um, Paul Staines come on Trash Future and talk about your funding of the Contras. Paul Staines, <laughs> famous fan of Love Hina. <laughs> My favorite part is um, when the, when the Contras finally defeated the Sandinistas. How um, the Contras punched them and the Sandinistas flew away into the sky and disappeared in a twinkle. <laughs> 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 Guys, do you think it's time to? Oh, before we roll credits on this feature film, uh-huh. uh, we have a thing to promote. Uh, Wait, this what, 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 we oh. we ha- trash future the podcast about how the future is trash. Uh, have been booked uh, by a certain comedy show 
uh, that is run by Alex Keeley. Guys, that's me. In case some of you joined in the middle of a two-hour podcast, which <laughs> <laughs> everyone's eye works right. They can change podcast <laughs> channel. I don't. <laughs> to everyone who fast-forwarded I'm through all the vibing. dumb internet yeah, yeah, yeah. talk, I just want to hear what the comedy promotion at the end is. I mean, I mean, they'll, they'll be listening to the show and they'll be like, "Wow, Abby Wilkinson from the Guardian. She's going to talk about Universal Credit. That's really great." I mean, they'll fast-forward like halfway through and it'll be like us talking about like eating ass or something. <laughs> I don't think we talked Spend about the last of your we benefits yet, on attending the Trash Future Live show. <laughs> uh, Tuesday the 9th of January is the date that we were hunting for uh, nice. in, in, in my calendar. And that is at the Star of Kings, which is uh, five minutes walk north of King's Cross. Uh, we'll be recording a live Trash Future. And then there's also comedy from your Ahir Shahs, if you like that. Your Ivo yep. Grahams, if you like that. Uh, and lots of others who I have not brought up the document on my phone. Yeah, and the uh, the, the the panel the panel is going to be very good. We're gonna we're gonna hoodwink some of the the other performers. We're gonna bring in some um, some guests, maybe maybe some guests you've heard in the last literal Damian two Green's hours. Damien Green's gonna have a power <laughs> wank halfway through. Uh, all right, uh, I think uh, it's about time to put down the microphones and go get drunk. Uh-huh. Thank, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>